0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Curtis and Dave draft a Best Ball Mania 4 team live on the air on Rotoviz Radio.
2: What's up, RotoViz?
1: Welcome into the Road of His Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Curtis Patrick. I'm joined by Dave Cabin. And Dave, we're almost on the clock in 20 seconds. We've got to we got. are, sir. Today. We are in a underdog fantasy best ball mania for draft. Dave started it for us uh, from the 106. We took Tyreek Hill. We're on the clock in the second round. It looks like some of the high end running backs are available. Dave, why don't we go ahead and take your choice of Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley and then we'll level set uh, as we've got a round to talk about our
3: strategy here. Yeah, sure. I'm going to hit draft on Jonathan Taylor. And I'm going to mention that I actually, in my mind, have been considering Tony Pollard in with, the, yep. with that group of Saquon and uh, Jonathan Taylor as well. So we, we, we've made our picks here. We have Jonathan Taylor, Tyreek Hill. We were the one six and actually, or wait, the one seven. And Tyreek Hill went went later than I have seen him going. So that's why we started off that way, which was pretty exciting.
1: I think we were the 1-6. Oh, we and were? We made okay. the
3: 2-7. Yeah. Ah, yes, you're right.
1: Uh, yeah, the way the math works with 12 picks, you alternate between the 6 and 7 <laughs> picks round, Dave. I'm not sure.
2: <laughs>
3: not it sure if I'm league. aware this of how is, that works, yeah.
1: <laughs> this is a 9 a.m. Saturday morning show. Dave Correct. And I wanted to fit an extra one in this week, and uh, I think we're both still... Uh, actually, Dave is crushing uh, some sort of chocolate protein drink, um, but we both might need super, a little more caffeine. A
3: super still. coffee here. So oh, it's just a super coffee. Okay. It's, got, it's got 10 grams of protein, 200 MGs of caffeine.
1: Okay, so it's more of a, a super caffeine than a super
3: protein. Yes. Um,
1: okay, so, so Dave, I mean, we've left ourselves a lot of optionality moving forward. We're about four picks away from the 3-6. Going Tyreek Hill and Jonathan Taylor with each of our first two picks gives us a great shot to have a top three player at each position as we start the draft. In the second round here, you know, we, you know Sean wrote an uh, article recently about double anchor RB, so we could look at, you know, potentially Brees Hall if he were to fall. Um, we also would have the option of going with a really high-end quarterback, Mark Andrews, um, and we'll have to see what type of uh, wide receiver uh, threats we have available. Typically, they're getting cleared out pretty well, and there's a little bit of a lull here in mid-round three, at least in the last two weeks or so uh, of my drafts.
3: Yeah, that's definitely what I've been seeing. I'm actually kind of interested in going with Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen. Uh, with the way our picks are falling, what I've seen, we could end up getting price out of them and or um, Lamar Jackson. Now, we have Jalen Hurts on the clock here. How do you feel about going that, or do you want to pivot to a running back or a wide receiver?
1: With Brees Hall going the pick before us and the best wide receivers being Calvin Ridley and Amari Cooper, I don't want to go that direction. Did Mark Andrews go? He did not. So why don't we try for an Andrews Jackson stack? All right, let's uh, do it. Can, Andrews alone. You know, now we now we have potentially, you know, three top players at uh, their positions. And I like you suggesting uh, the, the Lamar pick there.
3: Yep. So um, we now have Jonathan Taylor, Tyreek, Hillmark, Andrews. We're going to try to get that stack in. And the great thing about this stack, Curtis, would be you're kind of achieving multiple objectives going with this structure. Uh, You're getting one of the top tight ends, which we believe to be important in a lot of the configurations you can do. You're also getting one of the elite quarterbacks, which has proven to be important. And then you're getting a stack out of it as well. So that's why this is, I I like you mentioning that this is one of the best approaches you can use to start. Yeah. And if you,
1: um, you know, not going double anchor RB in rounds two and three, it doesn't mean that we actually still can't um, anchor in with the second higher end RB. If Lamar Jackson goes before our fourth round pick here, um, you know, depending on who's there and what Dave thinks about these players, you know, taking a swing on Jameer Gibbs or Joe Mixon or Travis Etienne, I would still consider one of those guys along with Jonathan Taylor. I, I think they're strong enough that we could consider, you know, doing that double anchor RB strategy. Now, Sean Siegel put an article on the site earlier this week, just uh, about two days ago where he did a double anchor RB strategy which is of course is taking two early running backs and then waiting a while in the position if you want to check that uh you want to check that article out it's still at the top of our page on rotoviz.com he ended up going with uh, bijan robinson and Brees hall in the first three rounds there in a draft he did with ben gretch it's a pretty cool article and it's very comprehensive so make sure you check it out dave and i have a different build going here so uh we'll give a, a different type of class here this morning so dave we've got two picks before we're up looks like Etienne and Mixon are the top running backs on the board. Let's take a look at the quarterbacks and the running uh, and the wide receivers. So we did miss on Lamar Jackson. Joe Burrow and Justin Fields are available there. And then at wide receiver, we've got Terry McLaurin's uh, Terry McLaurin and Mike Williams and DeAndre Hopkins top 3 available by ADP.
3: So um, you could you could go for a Herbert Mike Williams stack um yes. as well to try to get that. I'm thinking it's either that or Mixon or Ken Walker.
1: Um, let's go with uh, let's go with Mixon here and do a double anchor draft. Did we get him?
3: We did, we did yes. With and as we've talked off. about, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we got him with one second. His ADP has really gone up and corrected since we first talked yeah. maybe more than it's a month, maybe a it's while. Low, I think. Yeah. It's, it's still low. So I still, um, at this point, Joe Mixon uh, is the player that's on the highest percentage of my rosters. You still feel good about that. Um, I think that him and Jonathan Taylor really does achieve that dual anchor um, running backs there. So we also have Tyree Hill, you added Mark Andrews and another interesting thing that we could do Curtis is when things come back around, Justin Herbert's likely to still be there. A stack that I am interested in is pairing him with his Georgia. young rookie in Quinton yeah. Johnston. Um well, since let's start
1: loading up our queue a little bit. Yep. I like this is about the point in the draft where I start to do that after the first four or five rounds. Yep. Um I'm actually fine. Let's add Burrow, Fields, Herbert, Lawrence, and Tua. Uh Tua there, obviously, because we took Tyreek earlier.
3: Sure. Yep. Um, I really like and that. And
1: then at the wide receiver position, um, I don't think that we're likely to pull off a Fields DJ Moore stack, and I don't want naked DJ Moore. Yep. Um you know, I, I, out of out of this list, I love Traylon. You know, um, Kadarius Tony, JSN. Um, even going up higher, if we just want some volume, you know, we can look at Deontay Johnson or Chris Godwin or Marquise Brown. I'm finally like with all of those guys. Um,
3: yep, you for know, sure. Dependent, probably least excited about Chris Godwin of that group. Right. So um, I'm yeah. going to say that I think I would like to get a. Well, wait, uh, yeah, because we didn't get Lamar. I wouldn't mind getting a quarterback with this pick. Um, In that you still have Fields and Lawrence. Yeah, so, so we've got Fields a half-around late. That yep. would be a really
1: electric start, uh, and Naked Fields is fine. If we went Lawrence, we do have the option of getting Evan Ingram and in a stack there with him later. Yep. I'm fine with either one of these guys, um, Dave, so I'll let you make this pick. I'm excited about both quarterbacks.
3: I think that we're going to go here with um, Fields and then come back, try to come back later and get Tua and get our stack with Hill. Love that. So so let's go ahead and
1: load up um, Cole Komet, Chase Claypool. Yep. Uh, to, I mean, I'm not as excited about um, Darnell Mooney. We could put him in there if his ADP. You know, so, sometimes he's one of those guys that really falls in drafts in these half PPR uh, settings. And then, I mean, honestly, I don't even really mind the idea of, like, putting Roshan on a team with Justin Fields for some of those games where things just go berserk. Sure. So uh, – Start building out our queue based off of who we've selected here. So um, just a level set through five rounds here, we have Justin Fields at quarterback getting him a half round below ADP in the middle of the fifth, which I'm really excited about. Um, Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon are the running backs, no bye week issues or compression there. We only have a single wide receiver through five rounds. So an atypical draft for Dave and I, but we've been, you know, gobbling up value here, just going for elite players. So Tyree kill uh, we took at, with a sixth pick in the first round and then Mark Andrews in the second round. So, man, this is a really exciting collection. We do need to consider how we're going to make up some ground at the wide receiver position. So I want to take some really big swings on sure. potential uh, target volume uh, or target market share hogs on their teams, as well as guys that you know are really big breakout candidates or could have you know huge spike weeks. So um, at the top of the queue right now, we have – Hollywood Brown, uh, I think he's the odds-on favorite to lead his team um, and targets for sure. You know, he's obviously going to be tied to Kyler Murray there, so there could be a little bit of trepidation. But if Kyler is healthy for the balance of the season, I mean, he could really outperform his ADP right now. Who else is available at wide receiver? Dave, if we can flip back. So we've still got JSN, uh, like him there, over Lockett or Michael Pittman, Um for all of the reasons that Sean mentions in his article and that you know the entire site has been talking about this offseason. Um, Traylon Burks is an awesome pick uh, for a squad like this if he were to break out, um, really yep. like that as well. So those are a couple of the guys I'd be thinking about with this next pick, which will be the 67th pick of the draft.
3: Yep, so the cool thing here is Tua is still available. I would really love to complete that stack, get him paired up with Hill, which kind of helps to some extent with the fact that we're a little bit Lower at wide receiver here uh, in comparison to the other positions. Then we can start hammering wide receiver. Hopefully somebody like a Traylon Burks or Kadaris Tony, uh, who I think there's a decent chance would be available. The next pick makes it to us.
1: We, we won't need to take to uh, at least until the seventh or eighth round. Uh, his ADP is in the 90s. Okay. So yep. We wait. Yeah, we can wait a couple of rounds here. Um, if it, I heard you call out Traylon, if, if that's the pick of these wide receivers that you like the most, and it looks like Hollywood Brown did just go. Yep. Um so if you are good with Treylon yep. we could go there and we might even be able to um risk taking a wide receiver in round 7 and then targeting Tua in round 8.
3: Yep. Yeah, so I, I like that construction uh a lot and then Traylon, as we've mentioned here, uh one of those young receivers that we stand again a lot of things do work out for him, um which is a, a really key to look for that type of receiver in this build that we currently have. Um so, Justin Fields, Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, Tyreek Hill, Trelon Burks. Uh, to kind of level set here, the running backs that are available to us at this point are guys like Cam Akers, uh, if, Pierce. If, if Cam Akers slides to the seventh here, I, I would feel like, I mean, I would almost be
1: willing to go hyper fragile here. Yep. Um. So, yeah, let, let's add him Um, yep. for sure
3: uh beyond them you got like david montgomery rashad white james Conner, uh pacheco dalvin cook so that's the color of running back that's available uh just to check in on tight end you still have guys like dylan goddard uh or dallas goddard darren waller evan ingram wow darren goddard we want hell of a tight end curtis
1: (laughs) yeah uh and then at wide receiver um, we've got Kadarius Tony at the top of our, our board, you know, obviously we're going to take some upside swings at receiver here since we waited a little bit to start collecting them. George Pickens um, is a guy that um, many on the site are high on. Um, we could add him to the queue. Elijah Moore uh, is also another interesting pick. And then if we want to maybe take a, uh, you know, alternative view of the Denver Broncos offense a couple of rounds from now, you know, we're writing way more about Jerry Judy, but, I'm just really in on the idea that Denver's offense takes a big step forward this year with Sean Payton. And while Judy could certainly hit value at his current ADP, um, you know, there's also many, many paths to, you know, both of those wide receivers and in, in Judy and Sutton um, performing better than they have in the recent past, which would, you know, if, if that occurs, Sutton would be, you know, an immense value uh his current adp. So um I'm also you know open to to something like that. There's obviously been a ton of beat right uh, beat reports about him being their their version of Michael Thomas even though he's not the type of route runner that Thomas is. So sure. Dave we're on the clock. Yep. I mean I kind of want to just take Cam Akers here. Let's do it. Um this is a full round below ADP and you know we've got three Bell Cow backs here with Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon and, and Cam Akers. No by week overlap. So, you know, we can determine to be, you know, pretty risky here at the the position if we want to go with like a a three ten type of build at running back wide receiver. So we'll have to see how that plays out. In terms of our queue, Tua still available. Deshaun Watson is on the board ahead of Tua. So we don't really have to probably be um on high alert for Tua quite yet. We also would have the option in rounds eight, and nine of, you know, trying to, you know, if we wanted to go for Elijah Moore, this could end mm-hmm. up being one of those drafts where all the quarterbacks slide, you know, that happens once in a while. Um, so Dave, what are you thinking here? What what type of player are you looking for in our wide receiver three after Tyreek Hill and Traylon Burks?
3: I think I'm looking for a player at this point, uh, a younger player that could sneak his way into Uh, a pretty heavy amount of volume. If not them, I'm looking for a guy that's in a pretty solid offense. Uh, So you do have guys like Tyler Boyd, Sky Moore. There's also Alan Lazard, who I've professed my love for this year. Uh, But I, oh, Zay Flowers went. Zay Flowers was a guy that's interesting to me because you could see him taking up, you know, a pretty sizable amount of volume on a good team. One of these young players that we could see a nice early breakout from as a rookie. Uh, So that's the type of guy I was looking for. There's kind of like, you know, two or three archetypes in there, if you will. All right. Well, right now,
1: Elijah Moore is at the top of the board. Uh, He has a recent ADP in the mid 80s. Our pick is at 91. If you were to, to fall here, we'd be getting about a half round of value. So I like that as, you know, potential number two target getter in the Cleveland offense that should be much improved with the full offseason from Deshaun Watson and year two of that whole regime. Um, Yeah, and I mean, I think we really do have to go at this position. Let's do a quick check at quarterback because this would be getting Tua around his ADP. So, you know, we do have to ask ourselves, you know, how important is this Tua stack? I would almost at this point with our build be more inclined to go for the wide receiver knowing that we're going to be drafting so many wide receivers. There's going to be lots of opportunity to stack in, you know, many other different QB twos with some sort of pass catcher on our roster.
3: Yeah, sure. Uh, That, that works for me. So at why, if we did go here, more more went though. (laughs) Uh, Okay.
1: Okay. I I would, I would go Cortland Sutton here. uh, If it was me, I'm fine going to a, since we lost our guy.
3: Yep. No, that's fine. We'll go with with Cortland Sutton here. That that fits into if you know the possibility of that Denver offense taking a step forward, getting that player that could be in a good offense. I think also uh, in comparison to that ADP, not only would you get an increase um, in what that offense could look like, but I think it gives Cortland Sutton a chance to really outplay his ADP. Um, I, I still really like Cortland Sutton, believe that he's a good player, so... I like this pick. Now we have Tyreek Hill, Traylon Burks, Cortland Sutton for not taking our wide receiver three Curtis until round eight. I actually like that group. I think it's a pretty solid trio there.
1: Yeah, we have a lot of touchdown upside with that trio for sure. Let's go ahead and add Russell Wilson to our queue um, as a bailout um, at QB2 when you've got a guy like Fields as your QB1. Don't, you know, Sean, actually in his article, um, we seem to be hitting some points here uh, from his piece, but, you know, he argued that You know, maybe Wilson is still, you know, if if you want to be bold, you could consider him a window QB. You know, he would be like kind of that last guy. Yep. Um, You know, what we mean by that is getting two guys before that window shuts, uh, before you feel like you have to take the third. Um, So, you know, that's an option there. We still, we really need to be loading this queue up with some wide receivers, though, as we've we've got about a half round um, to go. Uh, Jamison Williams for a team like this, even though we're going to miss some games, um, when you're talking about needing some explosive upside, having waited on the, the position, you know, he's not a, a guy I'm targeting heavily, but on a team like this, I would target him. Sky Moore, uh, Alan Lazard, um, you could even say, you know, OBJ. Um, we do already have Mark Andrews. so I'm not sure if I want to hit up multiple mm-hmm. pass catchers from Baltimore, but, right. you know, the view I have of that wide receiver core is, you know, we're being charged a premium on Rashad Bateman, um, who has had trouble staying healthy, uh, and has no ties to Todd Munkin. We have Zay flowers, who's a rookie. Um, and then we have OBJ who's had a lot of, you know, fantasy success in his career and actually looked great the last time he was healthy and he's the cheapest of the bunch. Um, so that's a, that's a perspective if you want to sell yourself on some exposure to OBJ for a roster. Oh,
3: wow. So Tua went just before things came back around to us. (laughs) Um, so I'm thinking that at, at this point, Curtis, I'd like to go with one of the wide receivers. So for me, it's probably Boyd or Lazard towards the top of that list. Where, where are you at? Mm. We got 10 seconds. Click back on the tab real quick. Which tab? Oh Line yeah. Receiver. Um,
1: Lazard of those two. Woo.
3: Just got it in. All right. We got We
1: got the whole 30 seconds.
3: And, and as um, I would say, Curtis, I think in my view, here Lazard actually has a lot of upside because I've talked about how much appreciation I think you could have on the ADP. Um, so even if he doesn't hit all of the molds of those types of wide receivers, I was talking about earlier. Uh, I really like getting him into this build here with our uh, four wide receivers that we have now in Tyree kill, Traylon Burks, Cortland Sutton, Alan Lazard. All right, let's go ahead and add sky Moore to the queue.
1: Let's add Rondale Moore to the queue. Um, we could add Darnell Mooney to the queue uh, based off of our Justin Fields. Let's even go later. I'm going to start talking about some of these names: Van Jefferson. I uh, saw you hover before I even said his name. <laughs> um, Adam Thielen. Uh, let's see. I don't really want to get. There's the
3: potential here, also Curtis, of one thing. Yeah. You know, I love Kirk Cousins, and sure. I think that he's. Oh, did he? Just, he's still around, and then. I don't know if a KJ Osborne or a Cousins stack has any appeal this season, um, but that's that's another thing that's a possibility.
1: I mean, less than before. I expect by the end of the season that Osborne will be, um, you know, yeah, pr- pr- pretty firmly entrenched as the fourth option there rather than, right. than the third. But we might we might get a September October run where Osborne is still getting more work than Jordan Addison, mm-hmm. and that might help us uh, if there's slow starts from some of our other players. And I do, I mean, I do think that offense is going to have some big games from, you know, a variety of players because there is so much talent there. But I'm not, I think on this roster, you know, we're saying that, you know, Cortland Sutton is going to have a great year. I mean, I would rather two rounds later w- with this build, just wait on Russell Wilson sure. versus Kirk Cousins and and try to take our wide receiver five and or six before we take that QB two.
3: Sure. Okay. And, and just to, um, set expectations here. Are we taking another running back? Or are we good with Taylor Mixon and acres?
1: I'm good there. If we need to be. Yep. Um, Let's see how wide receiver continues to unfold. So you've got Juju highlighted there. He would be a player that, you know, has a potential to, to, to really outperform ADP. He's been banged up. Yep. Uh, he is a, I mean, he's the closest in terms of ADP value to everyone else in our queue. I'm fine going there. Um, I, I'm fine going there.
3: So I will say this on Juju. Um, I historically have been very high on Juju. I'm really not a huge fan of him um, in the New England offense this year. That said, with the way things fall out at wide receiver, I end up having him on a large proportion of my underdog teams just by with the way that you can structure things, he ends up falling into a spot that makes sense, given that expected volume that you could get. I don't think that there's too much of a of, of potential for upside, but in comparison to the wide receivers there, and then the players at the other position, he ends up being one of those guys that kind of makes sense. Yeah.
1: Now, yeah, I agree with that. Um, and then if we decide that we want to wait till after the QB window, we mm-hmm. have the option of going for to adding Mac Jones and Mike Gesicki to this team. Yep. Um, so if we want to add them to the queue, you know that's a that's a late round stack. You know all guys in the double digit rounds. We could have a you know a New England stack there. Um, some other players that I think have the opportunity to really help this squad that could be tied to uh, explosive offenses or be the number one or number two target getters on their team. Um, we talked about Van Jefferson. I mean I think he's the odds on favorite to. To be second, I mean certainly the second wide receiver in the pecking order in LA, um, and no worse than third in targets after um, Tyler Higbee. In the event that Higbee really takes another step forward, yep. that would also give us, you know, a really unique option to then add Matt Stafford later and have a weird Ram stack where you have Acres, Jefferson, and Stafford. So thinking about that potential path, uh, I like the idea. If we want to go in on Denver, we can add this here. Uh, To the queue, Donovan Peoples-Jones to the queue. Sorry, Curtis, you cut out there for a um, second. Which um,
3: wide receiver from Denver did you say?
1: Oh, Mims and then DPJ. We Ah, could also add to the queue. All right, we are on the clock.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data,
1: I like uh, of these guys, let's hit our queue real quick. I like uh, I like Jefferson here, Me too. I think, uh, of who's available.
3: Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I think Jefferson, as you, as we've highlighted and you just mentioned, you know, stands to gain a lot if you get a healthy Matthew Stafford. I still think that this is a Rams team that could be you know a high functioning offense this year. I like Jefferson. And I feel pretty confident, Curtis, that you get one or two weeks where he makes a substantial contribution to your roster, uh, which is always nice to get with, you know, one of your receivers coming uh, towards the back end of your wide receiver group.
1: Well, I think, it. yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the worst case scenario. I mean, if Stafford yep. stays healthy and Cooper Cup stays healthy, that whole, I mean, honestly... That, it's going to be a good offense,
3: offense.
1: Yeah, it's it's so really tied to Cooper Cup. I mean, if he's healthy it just opens things up for everyone and you can do so many different things with them. I mean, Jefferson could have a a path to like a Robert Woods, you know, prime Robert Woods Rams type of, uh, you know, minus the rushing um, type type of season here where he's, you know, a solid wide receiver too. I mean, the the Rams are going to have to uh, keep up with people and, you know, healthy Stafford healthy cup is worth, you know, Double-digit additional touchdowns over what the Rams scored last year. And Jefferson, you know, stands to benefit if if that ends up playing out. So, so yeah, I see you hovering over Tyler Higby, uh, If we end up wanting to build a Ram stack on this team, I think that works. Yep. Um, did we get those other wide receivers into the queue with Mims and Donovan Peoples-Jones? Yep,
3: we did. I am um, I think I missed Peoples-Jones here, but I'm uh, organizing our queue so that we have players kind of stacked by position. And then our interest in them. Um, The queue, by the way, if you're not using, unless you're, if you're not, if you don't do a million drafts like Curtis and I do, and you're not using some type of drafting tool, just keeping your queue going is hugely important. And uh, I think just makes such a big difference when you're navigating your draft.
1: Yeah. Not even just for live drafts, also for slow drafts, because, you know, if you're doing like 15, 20 drafts at the same time and you're like, you know, it's. Uh, Two days between picks, and you're like, what direction was I going with this squad? You know, that type of thing. Yep. Um, Okay. We're at 1361 construction. We are at pick 139. I like, let's take Russell Wilson here and then come back and try to get Marvin Mims later. Uh, This is a fair range
3: for Russell Wilson. All right. So I'm going to clear then uh, those Rams players out of our queue. Unless there's anybody that you wanted to keep in. Mm,
1: uh, We can definitely take Stafford out. Yep. Uh, I think. You know, Higby's, Higby's actually
3: a, a fair, be, fair picket yeah, tight end here by himself. Uh, yeah, any
1: round after this, but you know, we're probably prioritizing other yeah. positions. I mean, it, it probably makes
3: more sense for us to take Cole Komet in yeah. that same range as Higbee at this point. Agreed. Now, one thing I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about here, Curtis, quickly is so you have Cole Komet at a bye week of 13, Mark Andrews bye week of 13. Hmm. Um, there's, a, there's a reason for for Higbee,
1: or we would have to go with a you know we could cover them both of them up with ty- with uh, Mike Gasicki late.
3: Yep. Um, off of that, though, one thing that I have been, been contemplating is with like your um, early picks. There's some constructions where I've actually intentionally stacked two players that have the bye weeks together, knowing that a lot of people aren't going to want to do that and you having some differentiation, which also brings me to another point uh, in... A number of my best ball drafts, I've been doing what I'm calling in my mind, like off ADP drafting, which is just to try to get different constructions, being okay with drafting some players far in advance of where they would go from an ADP perspective. So that it forced me oh, to build different constructions.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, not, not being an ADP, um, you know, lemming, I guess, uh, is certainly fine, especially in, you know, large fields like this. Um, you know, that. I think that, you know, teams that accrue a lot of value versus ADP are likely to perform well over the course of the season, but, yep. you know, that still may not yield, you know, having the keys to, you know, a, a tournament, you know, right. upside winning upside uh, type roster. So, okay, we're on the clock and one more pick from now. Um, you know, Cole Komet and Tyler Higbee are both there. We we're kind of at a spot where we've got to determine if we want to go. Uh, we Well, we wouldn't have to go naked fields if we had Chase Claypool later. Um, it just comes down to does it make more sense for this team to just take Tyler Higbee so we don't have a bye week issue and he goes one pick before us so that all sorts out. Um, you know, I'm fine taking Comet. Who else is in our queue, Dave?
3: There's Marvin Here. Mims who I think is kind of interesting. You're getting another piece into that Denver offense. Um, you have Adam Thielen, uh, let's Donovan let's peoples go
1: Let's go Mims. I think yeah. that we have lots, lots more bailout. Opportunities at tight end. And we also have, you know, the tight end two and all of fantasy on this roster. So less urgency there.
3: I've also mentioned too how I think that Mike Kosicki has a has a pretty decent chance of finishing as a low-level tight end one. Um, you know, so if need be, we could always grab him later. He doesn't go until tight end twenty-three. Uh so as you mentioned, there's some options there. You know, Jawan Johnson at tight end twenty-one, I think, is still okay, as well as Dawson Knox at tight end twenty-two. So we have some options there.
1: I also like Irv Smith. Yes, um, out of the Bengals' offense, um, there's been some sneaky value in Cincinnati at tight end that we haven't had to pay premiums for for the last couple of years. And Irv Smith, like just from a prospect profile perspective, is far more talented uh, than any of the you know prior guys that you know were were giving us some value there, in, in Hayden Hurst and C.J. Uzama. So um, I I'd actually don't mind having another little slice of the Cincy offense to go with Mixon. Yep. Um, as a way to have you know a non-QB stack there.
3: Yep. All right, so we're seven picks away. Um, at this point, just to regroup, we have Justin Fields, Russell Wilson at quarterback, Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, Cam Akers at running back, uh, Hill, Burke, Sutton, Lazard, Juju, Van Jefferson, and Marvin Mims at wide receiver, and of course, uh, our elite tight end in Mark Andrews. All right, let's go
1: back to running back and see is there anybody that's sliding here that would cause us to want to go off plan with just those three backs probably not yet uh roshan johnson still is there i think if we were going to take him we'd want to you know chance it you know that he slides like round 15 or something i think i still prefer getting a tight end two um or another player contributing towards a stack versus um taking roshan here he he would be a luxury rather than a Um, For sure. A perceived need. What do we have at wide receiver?
3: So at At wide receiver receiver. right now, from an ADP perspective, you have Rashid Shahid, Jaden Reed, Tim Patrick, uh, Taequann Thornton, Carter Samuel, Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, John Mechie, Khalil Shakir, Hunter Renfro, Devontae Parker.
1: I'd like to have a piece of the Buffalo offense there. Uh, I think that's, that's great. And then scrolling down, I mean, we're getting right into that range where uh, folks start not getting drafted. Right. Um, If we scroll back up to the top of that wide receiver queue uh, right now by ADP, we see Rashid Shahid, Jaden Reed, Tim Patrick. I think I'm good with our Denver stack. I don't really want to go back there again. If we wanted um, another guy that I think has a sneaky chance to lead his team in wide receiver targets, is isaiah Hodgins? yep um if we want to add him to the the queue as well i think i feel comfortable if we could get two out of the three between Hodgins, shakir and claypool i feel pretty good about having salvaged this wide receiver room and then we can piece in some tight end running back and then you know potentially even you know a, a qb3 if we wanted to do that sure so who you like out of our queue right now dave
3: i kind of like uh shakir Shakir is a round later
1: than Hodgins by ADP. Oh, okay.
3: So then we probably let's go Hodgins. Yeah.
1: We, yeah. If we want to take a wide receiver, let's go Hodgins. And we are taking him, you know, about a round earlier than normal, but you know, at this point we're filling in um, right. the gaps in our roster. So our current construction, Dave um, is two, three, eight, one, two uh, quarterbacks being fields and Wilson, the three running backs being Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, and Cam Akers. And then at wide receiver, let's run down this list. Tyree Kill, Traylon Burks, Cortland Sutton, Alan Lazard, Juju Smith-Schuster, Van Jefferson, Marvin Mims, and Isaiah Hodgins. Um, I actually quite like the way that that group Mm -hmm. materialized. Um, We are definitely going to need either Burks or Sutton to hit as a wide receiver too, if we can get that. I mean, I feel pretty good about this. Um, And then we just have Mark Andrews as a tight end one. You know, I, I still think... Even drafting Andrews, he has some flex upside a lot of weeks just because he's such a good player. I still don't mind, you know, within our last four picks here, if we wanted to even double tap tight end as a potential option, I'm fine with it uh, depending on who is available. You know, we've got Gasicki, um, and, you know, we've got some, you know, really late values that that you could consider a breakout player uh, consideration being Trey McBride. You could look at Jake Ferguson, um, you know, who's uh, – trying to pick up where Dalton Schultz left off in uh, Dallas. Those are a couple options that come to mind if we wanted to go with a third um, tight end after Gasicki, who I think is our our primary plan for tight end two at this point. Yeah,
3: and, and I also think, uh, Curtis, with the way that this roster has been built out, the double tap of tight end, that even adding that third tight end, you still would have some expected uptick in your overall point scoring at the end of the season by adding that third tight end. Um, and you know, one of the things that you get by just having three running backs, assuming we end up with that is the opportunity to get some other interesting players in there at positions late that you might not have exposure to in other rosters.
1: Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think those are good points. Okay. So we're on the clock right now. We're in the middle of the 15th round. If we took Khalil Shakir here, um, I'm not sure we can still fit in chase Claypool. Mm -hmm. That's the only comment that I would make. Um, But I want, I really would like to have access to a Buffalo upside. So let's just take him. Let's take Cleo Shakir and see what happens.
3: Yeah. And the, the thing here too, is, you know, a naked Justin Fields is, is fine Uh, because you know, that rushing production that you could get from him is, has the potential just to be so solid. Uh, that you don't have to worry quite as much about a stack with him, I think, as as maybe some of the options that come, just a couple picks below fields uh, from quarterback ADP perspective.
1: Okay, so we've got three picks left to make. Um, you know, if we were going to go with a quarterback, um, I think it would end up being Mac Jones, but I think we would want Gasicki ahead of that. So yep. I think Gasicki at this point are t- as our tight end to Would really be the priority. We'd be getting him right around ADP here in the 16th round. Uh, Love that opportunity for us. And then we'd have the 17th and 18th round to basically decide do we want to complete some stacks using either Mac Jones or Chase Claypool? And then, um, you know, if we want that third tight end, we would only be able to execute one of those two stacks between New England and and Chicago, which I, you know, I'm fine with those outcomes at this point. Yep. Out of curiosity, did Roshan Johnson ever go? Yeah, he he did. Oh, yeah. He ended up dropping a couple rounds um, below ADP. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny. We're kind of playing chicken with him um, <laughs> uh, there in our queue for a couple of rounds.
3: Yep. And Chubba Hubbard, Jeff Wilson, or uh, oh, Chase Brown, I those are to the guys home. available at running back. I want to add
1: an 18th round sleeper at running back to our queue. Yep. Um, from a really high upside offense, Dave, Josh Kelly. Yes. Uh, by week five. He is an awesome RB4 for, uh, for this type of team. We know Kellen Moore likes to use two backs more than his predecessor and Joe Lombardi, um, as evidenced by busted Ezekiel Elliott still getting lots of run in Dallas um, to the, you know, as a counter to the electric Tony Pollard. I mean, Josh Kelly was you know, more efficient last year than he'd been in recent years. If we wanted to go with four RBs, I really like him, and we won't have to take him until the 18th round. He, he doesn't get drafted in every draft.
3: Okay, so um, unfortunately, Gasicki goes. Um, so at tight end now, Curtis, the type of guys that we'd have available. Then in our queue, you have Trey McBride, Jake Ferguson. Um, we got Durham Smith, who or Smythe, who I can talk about later that I think is an interesting option. Late, there's also still oh, my man, Dawson Knox, just went. You have Hayden Hurst, Trey McBride. We could Jelani do the Chase Woods. Claypool. Yep. Uh, Jelani Woods, uh, I think, is also um, yep. you
1: know, interesting a Trey McBride's like, he's probably the, the breakout candidate here, right?
3: Sure. Um, yeah. Let's take him. Okay. So we have McBride and Andrew's now at tight end. Uh, our construction currently is two, three, nine, two. So we have to question here. If we're good with wide receiver, um, I'm really interested in adding Kelly from that chargers backfield. I think um,
1: what would help this squad the most is probably <clears throat> pro- it, it, we, we just treat Russell Wilson as a window QB because we went in heavy yep. on the Denver offense. Yep. So we're not going to draft the third QB here. We're going to, we're going to say that, you know, for this team to win, Denver is going to have to be smoking anyway. Right. Um, so I, I like the idea of going with Josh Kelly and then um, maybe Jake Ferguson uh, or let's see who else is available at tight end here again. Um, Tyler Conklin, um, you know Aaron Rodgers does seem to to give two or three you know pretty big spike weeks from a touchdown perspective to whoever his tight end one is, and Conklin has been pretty productive uh, several times over the past couple of years. I don't think that we have any exposure to the New York Jets offense, and they're going to be in some shootouts. But well, we got Lazard. Oh, we did get Lazard. Okay, yep. yeah. You know, I don't mind going in on a second Jets player there. Right, um, We have some exposure to Miami and Buffalo. That gives us some interesting, you know, game stacks, you know, for late in the season. So why don't we go Conklin here, Dave, if you're cool with that. Yep. And then in round 18, let's take Josh Kelly and, you know, we'll, we'll wrap this thing up with a, a big, pretty red bow. I really like this squad, man. This has been a fun exercise.
3: Yeah, it has. This was one of those fun ones where I think um, we really just let things develop. And ended up finding our way into a team that I really like, uh, you know, which is always one of the the fun ways to to make your way through the draft. End up here with some players like Conklin and McBride, who I don't have on a lot of my rosters too. So it's fun to get them in a build here, where you're anchored by that elite tight end in Andrews. Um, and so we're going to end up with yep. a two four nine three construction. Yep. So
1: while we are waiting to make our final pick. I'm going to go ahead and pull up um, some of our Rotoviz tools. We can do a little bit of a postmortem on this roster. Sure. Uh, in terms of um, you know the roster exp- uh, construction explorer, that is one of our awesome best ball tools at Rotoviz.com. Let's see uh, let's see what the chances look like for this squad based off of um, trends from the past few seasons. Even even admitting that you know the 2023 season appears to be headed for. A totally different types of outcomes because adp is so uh radically different than prior years yep. so i'm going to go ahead and start dialing in some things
3: here sure today. so while curtis does that um we will take a quick look at the way things went pick by pick first so we started off tyree kill jonathan taylor mark andrews joe mixon justin fields traylon burks cam makers sudden lazard juju van jefferson russell wilson marvin mims hodgins shakir trey mcbride tyler conklin and we are assuming that josh cully will be available uh if you look across the constructions in this league uh, there was many drafters that went very different directions we don't have any teams that went with two quarterbacks pretty early on in the draft and Um, we don't see any true zero RB teams. This was a very, very balanced draft, I think, in terms of constructions that you could see. So we're going to be on the clock in seven seconds here. We will grab Josh Kelly to round this out, ending with that two, four, nine, three construction.
1: All right, Dave. So I'm, I'm looking, um, first at just some construction type stuff before we layer in, you know, yep. certain players buy certain rounds you know that type of thing so if we just look at the uh let me clear out a couple of these actually hold on yep if we just look at the two what is it two four nine, nine three Option. Yep. um over the past couple of years uh on underdog we see that there was a, a playoff rate of 16.4%, with it, which is just barely under expectation. There was a finals um, rate of 0.13%, which is above expectation. There were 17,000 uh, and some odd change teams drafted with this construction over the past two years with uh, 120, um, let me see, Oh, the, the uh, average um, points in the regular season for the this construction was um, – 1,525 and then the average playoff uh, points for these teams were 118 semifinals 120 and finals 109 so the teams that did make it through the finals uh, on average did not perform well that's over the past two years if I look just at 2022 the finals advance rate actually improved to 0.15 percent which is far ahead of expectation And um, these teams did pretty well in the playoffs and the semifinals averaging over um, 123 points per week in each of those scenarios. So now, Dave, what's really cool about the underdog best ball roster construction explorer is we don't have to stop at just evaluating this build. You can layer in some filters on the round-by-round settings and say, hey, we took early QB here. We took early tight end here. We took, um, you know, our RB3 before round eight. So we can start looking at some different scenarios where – Okay, we didn't just draft a two four nine three team. Not all two four nine three teams are created equal. Let's see how teams constructed uh, with players in the rounds where we targeted them um, performed, and we're gonna we're gonna really shrink the number of drafts that match this. So first, let's just look at our adding a layer of QB one with early QB. So we selected Justin Fields in round five. So we're gonna say teams that selected a uh, quarterback before round six. This is where we start to get the results that we would like to see, Dave. So two, four, nine, three teams that just went to quarterback that took their first quarterback early, advanced to the playoffs 19.1% of the time, yep, to the semifinals 2.3% of the time, and to the finals 0.15% of the time. All three of those scenarios strongly ahead of expectations. Now let's add in QB2 uh, before round 13. Um, and we we actually improve the playoff and semifinals rates and um, don't affect the finals rates there. So we executed a what we call a, a QB window strategy there with the first quarterback being elite. that really um, helps the upside for this team. I'm going to start evaluating the running back and wide receiver position, but if you want to react to those findings um, on our team so far, Dave, go ahead.
3: Yeah, I think that that's pretty cool. Um, those are. Exciting um, um, findings there from you. And what I really like is how it kind of speaks to the fact that even within the confines of your number of players at each position, there's still a lot of avenues that you can do to increase uh, the win rates that you would have and the you know potential for success of your team. Um, I think it's, it's really key remembering that you need to consider in these drafts, the Spots where you're taking these specific positions in the context of the overall construction that you can have. Now, sure, 2023 looks like it's shaping up to be different than 2022 and 2021, but I think what it speaks to is in your mind, even if you're not like, okay, I need to get in this build the quarterback at round five, it's letting you know that there's a utility in having a prioritization of a quarterback in there, so be it if you go round four, round six... Um, you know, that's another application to make a more global um application of, of these types of tools to your overall uh constructions and strategies. All right, Dave. This
1: is where things get pretty exciting. Um when you when you now say, okay, hey, we've got a two four nine three team where we took early QB, uh, so a QB within the first five rounds. And then you also selected your running back three before round eight. I believe we took Acres in round seven. Is that correct?
3: Uh, let me scroll down here. We took Acres in round seven. Yes, sir.
1: Yes. So um, you see that twenty point five percent playoff advance rate, which is right in line um, with our research when we were looking at just the uh, quarterbacks and the tight end. But we see a semifinals advance rate of three point two one percent, which is a, a full percentage point higher than we saw in the other um, query there and then a finals advance rate dave of 0.24% which is enormous um so you know that's that's re- i mean one in 400 teams that had this construction advanced to the finals which is pretty awesome um so that that's that speaks to you know teams that are drafting running backs early and an elite quarterback early you know there's a path there um if they if they also drafted nine wide receivers again. So I, <laughs> you know, I, I want to re- remind people that we're not just looking at what were the advance rates to each round of the playoffs. If you took certain players by certain rounds, all of this querying that we're doing is still within the confines of a two, four, nine, three construction. Right. So you don't, don't think that if I just take my first three running backs before round eight and then continue to hammer running back, that I'm going to have the same type of results that uh, the tool is returning here. Um, I'll query one more way with some of the wide receiver uh, data here, Dave, anything you want to add to the elite RB or the elite QB plus uh, three early RB uh, scenario that we just played out there.
3: Well, I I just think it, it plays into one of the things that we talked about in the past here, which is when you're drafting, you draft like you are drafting making the right decisions because in these builds, when they get to the playoffs and they have the opportunity to advance, they've gotten there because you did make the right decisions and that's why you see these teams having success once they do get to the playoffs. So there's a little bit of a bias built in there that these are the solid, the strong teams that make it to that point. And then they have a lot of success at that point carrying forward, which underscores the concept of here of if you start trying to execute these builds, you have to see them all the way through. You can't kind of chicken out at the end. If you do that, you have defeated a lot of the utility that you had with the prior decisions that you made. All right,
1: Dave. So I have now
3: adjusted specific to our roster. So,
1: you know, all the other queries that we've done, you know, they yielded, you know, a couple thousand teams worth of results. And, you know, those results were really strong. When I get down to exactly what we did in this draft, so three running backs before round eight, a quarterback before round six, our wide receiver one in the first round. I think that is a really key data point for this team is that Mm -hmm. you're not just, you're not going zero wide receiver, we went anchor wide receiver. That's a big difference there. And then also going early tight end with a, uh, a tight end before round um, six. Only 50 teams drafted uh, in the the past couple of years like this. 30 percent playoff advance rate, Dave. Wow. Four percent, four percent semifinals advance rate, and two percent finals advance rate. So one of these squads did, you know, 50 teams. So you know, the math's pretty easy to do here. Of those 50 teams. Um, 15 of them went to the playoffs, uh, two of them went to the semifinals and one of them went to the finals. So I like those chances. It seems like we drafted, a, not a total unicorn, but this isn't a construction plus ADP selection, uh, scenario the, the, the particular chemistry of this team is a little bit difficult to pull off. And we were able to do that. And these teams scored huge in the finals, Dave. 100, they average 134 points in the semifinals. So that's pretty exciting. You know, this was really fun. I do want to rem, uh, remind the listeners, if you haven't uh, thrown your hat into Best Ball Mania 4 yet, I mean, I'm not really sure what you're waiting for, but there's a $3 million grand prize this year. Um, if you want to check it out, we have tons of content on the site, lots of podcasts on this topic. Dave and I, Sean and uh, Calm, Sean and Ben, lots of different combinations of people doing these drafts. You can check out underdogfantasy.com. And if you sign up today and use promo code roto we'll match your $100 deposit. So for 100 bucks, you could get eight entries. Um, once we give you uh, your $100 with that promo code roto you get eight entries for the cost of four into a tournament for a $3 million grand prize. Um, and then, you know, go in the other direction. So if you're just listening to Rotoviz radio and you're like, Man, this tool that Dave and Curtis are talking about on RotoVis.com is awesome. I want to be able to study, you know, the relative uh, likelihood of success of my team um, that I just drafted. It's a tool called the Underdog Best Ball Roster Construction Explorer. It's available to all RotoVis.com subscribers. And if you use code underdog at rotoviz.com uh, and sign up for one month su- uh, subscription, you get 50% off. So two ways to save and play underdog best ball mania for Dave, anything you want to add as we conclude the episode here?
3: Uh The final thing I would say at the very least, just get one entry into these contests and just give yourself a chance. You know, one entry you're probably not expecting you're going to win the whole thing, but it's a hell of a lot of fun to just follow throughout the season and track. These drafts are super fun to do. Um, I think that also understanding the relative success of these teams in these different type of bills not only applies to best ball, it can also help you get a better context for your redraft teams going through and drafting these best ball teams just kind of sharpens you up for when your redraft drafts come around. Fun time of year. Uh, A lot of great tools at rotoviz.com. Definitely go and get that subscription. Head over to FFPC after head over to underdog and you're gonna have a lot of fun.
2: mypatriotsupply.com